All right, welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Ace and Trey Club. I am the Trey Club, Joseph Williams. And y'all know I'm the Ace Man, Jamal Baker. I'm back. We got the boy back. He yeah, is back. Man. Jamal, how's it been? How you been since you since you since last week? Man, life life is great. Cowboys winning. Had had to tend to a couple personal matters, but everything is cool. Glad to be back. Give our fans another great show, man. Yeah. And speaking of the fans, we for sure got to thank you guys because once again, two months in a row, y'all made us the number one show. The weekend, it was not even the weekend, the number one show, period, on the yeah. Sports Network. So we got to thank it. We got to give a shout out to the fans out there. So thank you. We appreciate you guys. We love you guys. You've been making the show what it is. And we're going to keep giving you this great content. Big shout out to the fans. Y'all, the reason we do this, man. And second, we got Jamal. We always got business at hand before we start the show, as usual. All First right. thing at hand, got to say free Brittany Grinder for sure. Make sure Always. she come home. Then the second thing is, I want to say as uh, give a RIP to Gavin Escobar, who had recently passed. Former Cowboys tight end who had recently passed over yes. the over the week in a rock climbing incident. So I want to say RIP to him, and my prayers are with his family and his friends and everything like that. For sure, for sure. Rest in peace, Gavin Escobar. Now Jamal. We got some. We got to get it started here now. It is a. It's gonna be a great episode. But the first thing we're gonna get started here with is, so, oh, on Tuesday night, as we're recording this on Thursday, mm-hmm. the record is broken. Everybody's seen it. They probably cut your broadcast while you was watching it. While you was watching some type of other sports. Mm-hmm. But Aaron Judge has officially hit home run number 62, breaking the American League record. So, Jamal, what are your thoughts on Aaron Judge breaking the record? And, of course, it was against our Rangers, so that don't help us at all. <laughs> but what are your thoughts on that? Man, first of all, big shout-out to Aaron Judge. Just to be able to hit 60-plus home runs – in itself and still bat over 300 did, did he did he still did he get the triple crown no nah, he missed the he missed the batting title by like 0.003 or something something crazy like that because the yankees set get the batting title yeah man so to even come close to a triple crown while breaking the home run record like it's nothing short of amazing and i'm low-key i'm kind of glad he did it against the rangers because that's Give us something to talk about. The rain, the rangers were horrible. So big <laughs> shout out to Aaron Judge, man. <laughs> well, yeah, we get like I said, it, it, I, when when my dad was on here last week, we were I specifically said if Aaron Judge breaks the record, we're gonna give him his flowers here. So he did break the record, officially broke the record. If you want to call that the official record, is the American League record, but we all know Barry Bonds got the official official record. So for sure, never be broke. But Jamal. So the crazy thing about this, the these home run balls that Aaron Judge has been hitting is not just him breaking records and stuff like that. The what people are looking at is how much the balls are going for. Yeah. Now, at work, we were having I was having this discussion with my coworkers at work, and I was like, "Well, if I if I caught the ball, 
I would throw it back because it was it was only worth like a hundred thousand, maybe two hundred thousand. I was like, I'll throw it back. No. I hate the Yankees. I throw it back. He can have his home run ball and his collection. That way, he don't have to buy it in an auction type of thing. Right. But now that ball is worth two million dollars. Two million, man. <laughs> and now I'm kind of like, okay, I'm on the the. I'm switching sides now. Now I'm gonna keep that and try to figure out what I could do with it. You got you got to keep it for sure. You got I mean, to. You, you got to. So now, Jamal, you catch the home run ball. You auction it off. Somebody offers you two million dollars. What are you gonna do with that type of money, man? With two million dollars, first thing, first thing I'm gonna do, I'm probably, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably gonna quit my job. <laughs> I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna just be honest with you. I'm probably gonna quit my job. And then I'm I'm gonna look into investing and start my own business. Cause two million dollars, you can do a lot with that, man. What would you do? Yeah, I'm for, I'm right on par with you. I'm quitting my job. I told him if I if I catch the ball, I'm not you're not gonna see me the next day. You might as well already get get me on the termination list. I'm not coming back. Uh, might buy a house somewhere for me and my 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 family for enough. Enough, enough, a big enough house for us to stay in, and then just yeah. be chilling after that. Because I mean, two million dollars is life changing money for somebody like us, man. And I was, I was reading something this morning. The dude that caught the ball, mm-hmm. he, he, uh, he left the stadium before getting authenticated, so he yeah. can't even, he can't even auction it off, bro. Yeah, the crazy thing is, so somebody that I work with went to the game in hopes of catching the ball. Yeah, and. He said that the guy that caught it had a literally a police escort. As soon as he caught it, the he had a police escort out of the building to get him up out of there. To get him up out of there. Sheesh. So it's crazy what people would do with with these with this type of hype around certain players, money being involved, everything like that. Yeah, man. I don't. I don't even blame him. I would have been police escort out of there too. Don't get me. Yeah. But before we leave our baseball topics, we got to make sure we get a look at, I mean, it is October. It is playoff season for baseball. So we got to make sure we get a look up at these matchups. The wild cards, we have Tampa Bay and Cleveland, Seattle and Toronto. Then you have the Yankees and the, and the Astros on uh, first round buys. Mm-hmm. Then in the uh, National League, you have the Phillies and the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. In the wild card, then you have the Padres and the Mets in the wild card, and you have the Dodgers and the Braves in a first round bye for the Nationals. Okay. okay. So Jamal, who would be your favorite to win the World Series this year? My favorite, I gotta go with the LA Dodgers, man. Like I, I just like that they're the most complete team as far as bullpen, starting rotation, sluggers. Like they, they are loaded. So. I would I would pick them to win it all, but my sleeper, my sleeper team is a C, is Seattle, bro. Keep an eye on Seattle. Okay, yeah, I, I definitely got to say LA is definitely the favorite, regardless of what you want to put against them. I mean, a hundred and eleven win team, and then you, I think they're the most. They have the team that had like you. Most people say the Yankees are the team money can buy, but I think the Dodgers have spent the most money and the best money in the best ways. So, I mean, yeah. they got the best players, best pitching probably in the whole entire league. Man, the best. But I would say my my sleeper team for you 
I think the Cardinals might get somebody a good run, a good running. I want to see our Pujols go out, go out pretty, pretty clutch in this in this postseason run. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at the Cardinals because you know they they always turn up in the playoffs. They right. find some kind of magic. Yeah, right. But that is our baseball topics now. But Jamal, we got to switch gears over to the NFL news. It is Week Five. Yes, sir. We're not gonna talk about. We're gonna say y'all know y'all know we always gotta say the best for last. So we're gonna wait. We're gonna hold off on the boys because you already know yeah. we're gonna get into that. Oh yeah, got to. But Jamal, in the Week Five news. We had a very, very scary, scary, scary incident here now. Yeah. And going back, we've been talking about the Miami Dolphins and what, what are they doing as an organization? We have. Just like, what, what, what can they possibly be doing as an organization? And you think it can get worse, and then they find a way to make it even more worse. They find a way. So on, I believe it was Monday, I want to say. Was it Monday night game? Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was Thursday, Thursday night, last Thursday. Last Thursday. Okay, last Thursday. Last Thursday, Miami Dolphins are playing. Tua just coming off a concussion protocol check the week four before that. No, not the week. Four days ago. That's well, Sunday. Yeah, exactly. Not even a week. Pretty much four days. Not even a whole work week. Four days. Yes. And he's playing in the – Biggest stage of them all, the NFL. And he gets injured, another concussion. Almost looked like he had a seizure because his hands curled up. Man, that was that made my skin crawl. Like when I saw that. I know. When I saw when I saw everybody trending, when I saw it trending, I was like, I thought he like was going crazy or something. And it turned Ooh. out to be the worst situation possible. Yeah, man. That, that was legit. That was scary. That's probably the scariest play I've seen on the football field besides. Nah, that was scary. That's probably the scariest. That's the scariest I've seen for sure. But, Jamal, who is to blame for this happening to Tua Tungavailoa? <laughs> you know, I, I, I thought about this question when, when I was going over the notes. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm back and forth between, okay, obviously you got to put some blame on the head coach, Mike McDaniel, the, the, uh, the doctors. But should some of the blame go to Tua himself for even putting himself in that position? I understand he's a competitor you want to play, but you got to have some self-awareness. Like, okay, I just had a concussion. Let me just let me just hit this short week out and just wait till I'm all the way right. So I think it's blame to go all around. Yeah, Everybody see, I was, I was saying – I was hearing some people say, oh, Tua should get some blame, but I can't – I can't blame him. if somebody if, if a doctor whose job it is right. to medically clear people tells you that you're fine and you can go out there and play. That's on that doctor and the organization as a whole, because you, the doctor, you're supposed to know what you're supposed to be doing to medically right. clear somebody. Then as the organization, you're supposed to be trusted in hiring this doctor that is "Quote unquote," he knows what he's doing, so that's that's on the Dolphins as an organization and that doctor. I can't, I can't, I honestly myself, I can't put any blame onto it. Honestly, none, none. I can't do it, man. This is my thing. Like you, you gotta, you gotta be self aware, right? Because put put yourself, put yourself into a shoe. Would you have went out there and played, knowing you just, but almost knocked yourself out Sunday? 
not me personally, but I, I can understand. I can understand, like you just said, at a competitive level, you want to play every game. Like you don't want to always, you don't want to be like the butt of the butt end of the jokes when you can't play. Like Anthony Davis, you want to be street clothes. You don't want to right. be street clothes as a competitor. But we talking about concussions, bro. We talk. We are talking about concussions, but I can understand a, a medical doctor who you're trusted, who you're supposed to be trusted in, and you think he's gonna have you in the right position and for to play the next game or whatever the case may be. He medically clears you to play. I he can did. understand why Tua went out there. I could understand it. Yeah, yeah, because like you said, he he's a professional. He's supposed to be. He's supposed to know what he's doing. And who else can you trust? <laughs> exactly. But Jamal, as we got a couple minutes here left, we got three minutes here left. Let me get your. Who would you say is your surprise of the year, whether that be good or bad? So who would you say is like you would have thought they would have been better or you would have thought, wow, I didn't know they were going to be this good? Okay, so I'm going I'm, I'm to come out and say the obvious answer, even though I hate to say it. I did not know the Eagles would be this good. I I, I didn't know. They, the Eagles are good, man. Like, I got to give it to them. They, they are a good football team. They're they going to give us trouble. Mm-hmm. So, so, so that's my surprise. Good team and a team that I thought would be better than what they are. <laughs> them, them Las Vegas Raiders, man. I, I had, <laughs> I, I thought, I thought it was gonna be all right, but those, those boys are horrible. <laughs> I think say gonna leave us after that one. After you just said yeah. that one, <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, I had high expectations, but then what about you? I'm gonna say. The team that I surprised that surprised me, even though they haven't like they don't have the wins that you would think they should have. Mm-hmm. But the, the Detroit Lions looking pretty, pretty all right. Hey, the off that offense is nice. That offense is they don't have the wins to back it up, but they looking pretty nice. Yeah, hey, Dan Campbell bit building something over there. I'm telling you. But the team that is surprising me as far as it being bad. The team that's playing right now, as we're recording this, Thursday night, the Denver Broncos are bad. That's a good one. Yeah, Russell Wilson ain't showing up. I don't know if it's if it's Russell Wilson, the or if it's like a Cowboy situation where you you got Keller Moore and he don't open up the playbook or the playbook ain't good. I don't know what's going on in Denver. Yeah, man. But it's a terrible situation overall for them. I mean, they just lost Javante Williams. Russell Wilson ain't really doing much yet. It, I mean, it is still early. He ain't doing nothing. I'm, I'm going to say he's not doing anything. I mean, hey, he's on my fantasy team right now. He's sitting on the bench right now as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> he got his bench, man. <laughs> but, anywho, we run out of time here on the BGC Sports Network. Make sure to come back. In the second segment, we'll be right back. All right, welcome back. Welcome back to another segment in the Ace and Trade Club. I'm the Trade Club, Joseph Williams. And y'all know I'm the Ace Man, Jamal Baker. And Jamal, where can the people find you at on Twitter, Instagram, when they want to hear your sports takes? Where can they find you at? Yeah, man, y'all can find me on Twitter at JMB214 underscore. That's JMB214 underscore. And you guys can for sure follow me on Twitter as well at Josepher, J-O-S-E-P-H-F-E-R underscore 24. Once again, that is J-O-S-E-P-H-F-E-R underscore 24. Now, Jamal, 
we got a big special guest in the building. Yes, sir. Our dog, our road dog that's been helping us get here to the point that we're at now. For sure. He don't want to talk about the same way we about to talk about now, but we got to get into it. But <laughs> my, Mr. Brandon Lewis is back on the Ace and Trade Club. Brandon, how are you? Man, it's good. Just been busy, you know, in town for, you know, the big weekend, of course. I'm going to let y'all make that segue. But, you know, I look forward to, you know, being on the show with you guys. Finally, both of you guys. Last time it was just me and Joseph. So it's great to have Jamal back and be on the show with both of you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Likewise, brother. Yes, sir. And as you were just speaking, we do have it is college football weekend. This is a weekend show. We have some very big matchups. And as Brandon just mentioned, it is Red River Rivalry Week. Try to say that three times fast. Yeah. We got Texas and OU. Then, surprisingly, college game day is going to Lawrence, Kansas, as Kansas and TCU are going to head-to-head in a 5-0 and matchup. Then you got Tennessee versus LSU, Georgia versus Auburn, Utah versus UCLA, Alabama versus Texas A&M. And then in the HBCU world, we have FAMU versus SC State, South Carolina State. You got Alcorn versus Mississippi Valley State. Jamal's Prairie View Panthers going against Southern. Yes, sir. You got Gramlin versus Alabama A&M. And to round it off, you have Jackson State going against Alabama State University. But as we, as we just mentioned here, we got our guest. I like to call him our OU insider. Brandon Lewis is here. But, Brandon, the first question I got for you, I know you didn't want to talk about it, but we got to talk about it. What is going on in Norman, Oklahoma over there with that football <laughs> program? All right, I'm going to break it to you real and true. The problem is people have this big mindset that we're going to go win a national championship with Brent Venables coming in. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. I told people we're overhyped and overrated. Now, you know, respect to all my boys, you know, on the football team and everything like that. But it's not just going to happen overnight. Um, you know, they're coming in with a totally different coach. We're coming from an offensive-minded coach to a defensive-minded coach. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I could go on what's going on from the two <laughs> games that I have attended. Um, you know, when I went to the Kent State game, we started off slow. At halftime, it was 3-0. Come on now. And we brought in Jeff Levy, who's supposed to be this up-tempo offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And then Brent Venables as head coach, who is defensive-minded. So what is really going on? They're not meshing yet. Um, you know, it's going to take time. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're look, they're look, don't get me wrong. We have had some, you know, some ups, you know, during the season. But what really showed that we got a lot to work to do when we was exposed last weekend here in Fort Worth by the TC right. Horn Frogs. Right. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm going to ask you another question, Brandon. How did you how did you feel initially when you uh, about about the program when they signed Brent Venables? How did you feel? Well, I didn't want Brent Venables as the head coach, honestly, um, because hmm. um, and no disrespect to Coach Venables, I have much respect for Venables. But the mm-hmm. thing about it is, um, sometimes we need to go away from having a person that was always in the, you know, already in the program. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's not a good thing. Right. And I just feel like Brent Venables wasn't the coach that we truly needed. 
you know, um, yes, we had defensive woes, you know, for like the longest, you know, starting with uh, Mark Stoops when he was defensive coordinator. That's after uh, Brent Venables went to Clemson. Right. I just felt like it was better, you know, options out there. You know, I wish we could have got Dan Lannon, you know, who's mm-hmm. at Georgia, you know, right, right. look at that defense, you know. Yep. Um. <laughs> So I, I wanted him, you know, don't get me wrong, Brent Venables have a good defense, but he just, to me, wasn't my ideal hire. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, no disrespect to Joe Casiglione, you know, the athletic director at OU, but I just felt like we could have went a different way with this. Uh, and, you know, but, I mean, I like the firmness that Brent Venables bring. Um, he does bring mm-hmm. excitement, but I just feel like they're a little over too hyped this year. Right. Got you. And, Brandon, I want to go back to something you said earlier. You said – you know, Brett Brennables is a defensive-minded coach. We saw that mm-hmm. Clemson. Clemson was one of the best defensive teams probably in the last five, six years, whatever the case may be. But the one thing I – when I watch OU that I've seen that's pretty much the downfall, not the offense, but what you just said right there, the defense. I mean, we just saw the Kansas State quarterback just pretty much gashing – OU's defense then the TCU game we saw the TCU quarterback gash their defense but then the whole entire team pretty much outdid OU on defense and what they could do on defense so how do you feel about that situation going like because it's like the defense is pretty much the worst part of OU right now to me personally uh yeah um I mean I think to be honest with you, I think our strongest is special teams at this moment. Hmm. I can't even give a- offense the full quote of uh, full credit because let's let's start with the defense. So defense from what I'm watching, you know, I played football, but that wasn't my strongest sport. But just me looking, we're missing tackles. Mm-hmm. We have DBs out there getting beat who can't hold. So they in order for them to, you know, stop the receiver, they got to do pass interference or they're holding on to him. Woody right. Washington was holding. He couldn't even he couldn't even keep up with the receivers. And <laughs> my biggest thing is we have one of the best DBs that they have not put out there. And I'm not just saying this because he's a family friend um, of mine's, but DJ Graham of four sets is out of Keller Central. He is not on the field. He made the biggest play last season with the one-handed catch against Adrian Martinez who ran all over us for Kansas State. Oh, yeah, you sure right. Yep, I do remember that because he was at Nebraska so, at that time, right? Y- yes. So while we can't, while we couldn't handle that, you know, my thing is, from what I have noticed, the last two games, starting with Kansas State and TCU, we have been beaten by quarterback and running back duos. We had right. a quarterback who ran over 100 yards. We had a running back who ran over 100 yards. And my thing about it is I told people, you got to watch out for Deuce Vaughn. But you know what was funny about it? Deuce Vaughn didn't even go off that night. Yeah. And still had over 100 yards, you know. <laughs> so I feel like a lot of people are missing assignments. They're not paying attention. Um, they're lost. They're clueless. Like, prime example, when um, – I can't remember what receiver it was. Um, gosh, I cannot think of the guy's name. I want to say it was Davis, the running back for TCU, when – you know, they was about to tackle uh, Matt Dugan, and he just clearly threw it, and the dude was wide open, walked right into yeah. the end zone. You know, that's just not 
paying attention, missing, um, you know, missing reads. It's no way Max Dugan should have ran to the outside and all the way. <laughs> he was off to the races, you know. Uh, but, you know, it's just a lot of work. We need work with our DBs. Mm-hmm. Um, the run game, um, you know, the offensive run game from the, you know, the opponents, they're game planning great against us because we cannot stop runs either. But uh, I don't know if you guys see my article, but in my article, I said the it's factors for this game to me is going to be Isaiah Cole, who's a run stopping uh, defensive tackle. And then mm-hmm. DJ Graham, they need to put him in the um, in the backfield in the DBs. He needs to be on an island because he can handle the number one receivers from the uh, opponents. For sure, for sure. Now, it is, like we just said, it is Red River Week at State Fair. I will be in the State Fair, but after that game. But this is, like, one of the first times I remember it being one of the, like, uh, unranked. Texas is unranked. OU is unranked now. And they're kind of just like, well, we're here. So it's still Red River Week. But the predictions on the game is Texas is favored in a 70-30 split. It might be a little bit higher now because I just saw a report that Quinn Ewers was supposed to come back. So, Brandon, how is that as a fan now you thinking, okay, usually we're beating Texas. That's the thing now. We beat Texas now. But now it's now Texas is the favorite over you guys in this Red Red River week now. So you want to hear my expertise as a journalist or as a student slash fan? Student slash fan, because that's where we're going to get the real answers now. Okay. Well, I'm going to put it this way. <laughs> Texas is going to win that game. If Ooh. we, yes, because the thing about it is <laughs> last year we came mm-hmm. back and won, but Xavier Worthy still put up 200 and some receiving yards. So we still have a problem with our DBs. So yep. just imagine if he get loose, he's going to be catching balls over us all day, all day long. All Quinn ears have to do, boom, lob it up. Oh, Xavier Worthy, walk it in. You know, if we cannot tighten up our DBs, then I don't know what to tell us. And then we can't forget about B. John Robinson, one of the best running backs in the nation right now. Ooh, yeah, that's he get, if he get loose, you know, so my biggest things were we got to tighten up with our DBs. We got to, you know, coverage. We got to get some DBs out there that can handle these receivers. Uh, hopefully they, you know, see, you know, check them and say, hey, you know, we got to switch the sides because right now our starting cornerbacks is Jaden Davis, who's a redshirt uh, senior, and we got uh, Woody Washington, who's I think a senior as well, not mistaken, junior or senior. But my biggest thing was when I went to the Big 12 Media Days this summer, I talked mm-hmm. to Woody Washington and I said, man, I got to ask you this question. You were battle-tested your freshman year in the Peach Bowl from a three-headed monster receiving core of Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. Jamar Chase, mm. and Terrence Marshall. I said, right. so how is that going to help you going into this season? You know, um, and pretty much, you know, he said, you know, I, I can't lie. You know, that was a great test, you know, uh, my freshman year, though. But, I mean, you've been able to handle that. And these guys are now in the NFL. How can that, you know, transpire to the season? But so far, it hasn't transpired. You know, he's still getting beat. He's not able to, you know, hold uh, the receivers. And he haven't even went against some of the best receivers, in my opinion, yet. Mm. Okay. Well, like we said, I think Texas might win this game, too. But 
Jamal, we got to switch gears mm-hmm. again. Now, we're Let's still go. going to keep college football. And, Brandon, you could chime in on this one, too, because I don't know if you know some but about this HBCU world, but we like – me and Jamal like to talk about it a lot over here, too. Mm-hmm. Got to get into it. But, Jamal, and in news outside of our teams, and with it being Alcorn State and your Prairie View Panthers, yes, sir. there's a – there's a thing that's been going on with the, as you as you would call them, the Rambling Tigers. Yeah. Because <laughs> they don't got a G on the helmet. And the crazy thing about that, Jamal, as I was watching the State Fair Classic with you, with Prairie View and Grambling, I'm, I didn't yes. even know that they didn't have Gs on their helmets till the announcers kept saying, the announcer kept saying it the whole night long. No Gs on the helmet, no Gs on the helmet. Hugh Jackson ain't gave the Gs on the helmet. You gotta earn it, he said. So my first question for both of you guys is: Is it necessary to take somebody G out the helmet, and now you're known as Rambling State University? Go ahead, Brent. Man, you know, but to me that, that that's BS, you know, um, because I mean that's the <laughs> that's the university. Um, so you're just gonna come in and try to change things? Like I know it's other ways of doing it. Like when we was in high school. You know, first couple of games, like especially, you know, non-district, it was, you know, you just had the solid colored helmet. You didn't have your, your right. logo on there yet. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, what, what is his what is his standpoint behind this? You know, um, I mean, I get where Jamal is saying, you know, he got to earn it. But come on now. It's Gremlin. It's the university. You can't just take the G <laughs> off. You know, you can't yeah. just do that. You can't just try to come in and try to run things, you know. Right, right. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm with Brandon on this win. When Hugh Jackson come in and try to bring that NFL mentality to college, it, it normally don't work out because the players got to buy in. At the end of the day, they still are young men. They, they not fully men like the NFL. So just just put the G on the helmet, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So if you're the coach of Gremlin right now and you're you're in this mentality of – let's say you have a Hugh Jackson mentality and you take the Gs off the helmet. What are you as a coach – what do you have to see to get that G back to those players? Well, number one, me. <laughs> the G would already been on there. You know, um, <laughs> they already had that issue with the volleyball team. Yeah. You know, right. it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, with the let the letter or anything, but you had a coach try to come in and try to change the whole culture. And next thing right. you know, you didn't have a team. That's so a great I point. mean, <laughs> number one, you know, um, if it if, if it did come down to that. I'm going to basically say, you know, um, where did we mess up last weekend? How can we make ourselves better going into the next game? And that should be always the mindset, regardless if you got the dub. You know, if Mm -hmm. it was an ugly dub, you still need to see how can we improve? How can we do better? Um, You know, not just stat-wise, but as a team. Are we playing for our brothers? You know, because basically we're on a football team, sorry. Um, It's a brotherhood. So are we we playing as a family? Are we playing cohesive? Uh, you know, we just got to be able to see how can we improve. But, I mean, doing it that way, that's not – you're not going to have people buy in, you know, to your vision. Right. Jamal? Yeah, man, I just – just piggyback. I, I like to say ditto to Brandon. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I would say if I was, if I was a coach and I had a Hugh Jackson mentality, I would literally have to say – if you could show an improvement week in and week out 
and you show me that you are actually attempting to win games and you can do this, you can do that. I would give you your G back. Cause I mean, as soon as the freshmen, those three freshmen came in against Prairie View, it was like a completely different team. Mm-hmm. So when you see that type of improvement, the three freshmen should the three freshmen should have got their G back on the spot. As soon as they got yeah. back to Grambling outside of Dallas, get your G back on the spot for me. Yeah, them boys, them boys came in playing, playing hard too. Exactly. So I because I thought once what because they it was like as soon as them three freshmen came in. They drove on Prairie. They drove on Prairie View kind of easy, and I thought they was about to. I was like, okay, hold on now, we, we got a game here now because it looked that yeah. looked kind of easy. Yeah, hey, we got a little nervous on that PV side. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I haven't been to that game in I don't know how long, you know, and you know that's the difference from going to um, let's see a WPI school as I call it, um, and uh, hello. HBCU. Hello. What you call it, Brandon? A WPI. That's I go to a WPI school. Simple as that. What is it? I I'm, I don't know what that is. White People Institute. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's the that's the predominantly that's predominantly you know ethnicity there. Um, yep. I mean when it comes to athletics, it's different. Uh, but you know that's a, that's the different. The culture is different. You know, um, we saw that last right. year when PV played A and M. But mm-hmm. if you realize AM ended up loving it, if you know, if you watch right. the show, you know, March. Um, but you know, I got to see more of how HBC, you know, worked because you know, I have my my reasons of not going to HBCU. Um, yeah, and I, you know, I'm not knocking the HBCU, but you know, I just feel like they don't get the love that they need and the support that they need. They really don't. Well, I'm going to stop it right here because we ran out of time here. We went a little bit over, but thank you to Brandon for joining us here. This is the Ace and Trade Club on the BGC Sports Network. We'll be right back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Ace and Trade Club. I am the Trade Club, Joseph Williams. And I'm the Ace Man, Jamal Baker. And Jamal, we got to for sure give our special thanks and appreciation to Mr. Brandon Lewis, who just joined us in the second segment. So if you missed it, I feel bad for you, but you got another opportunity to listen to it because we do have our show on a podcast form now. So you can listen to it, the Ace and Trade Club on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from. So we want to thank Brandon once again. So we appreciate that, Brandon, and make sure to come back once again. Yes, sir. Big shout out to Brandon dropping that knowledge as always. Yes, sir. Now, Jamal, this this is the segment we always we all we look forward to now. We've been waiting on this. We winning now. We winning now. Waiting on this. I know y'all been out there waiting on it. Y'all haters out there been waiting on it. Yeah. We've been waiting on it as fans because we winning. We loving life right now. (laughs) Loving it. We them boys. You feel me? First, Jamal, you just said you just said the first thing I was gonna say. The first thing I always gotta say in this segment now, we them boys. <laughs> and the second thing, Jamal, I got to say is, how about them cowboys? Once again, how, how about, about them it? cowboys? How about them? We still them boys. Don't they? They thought they thought we were gonna let them off easy, but nah, they wouldn't let us off easy though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we hey, we got our foot on the neck now because we yes, we sir. we can talk now. We can talk our talk now. Yeah. 
So, Jamal, it is week five, as we were saying in the first segment here now. Cowboys on a three-game on a three game winning streak. Three with a backup. Right. Rush hour, as I like to call him, rush hour, four and zero as a starting quarterback. First, the first four and zero quarterback in Cowboys history. Let let's let's put some respect on him now. Who would have ever thought that Cooper Rush would be the, would be the guy to do that for the Cowboys? I mean, not 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 your legends, not Roger Staubach, not Troy Aikman, not Tony Romo. Not even Dak. <laughs> Cooper Rush, Rush Hour, is 4-0 in his first four starts as an NFL quarterback. Man, that's that, that don't even sound right hearing, man. Like, that's unbelievable. It really is. And Jamal, we got to, we, I for sure, I for sure got to give my, I got to take back everything I said about this man. Hey, I was, I was more harsh on Ben DiNucci than Cooper <laughs> Rush, but I got to take back everything I said. Hey, I'm I'm so glad I was wrong. Hey, Coop, keep proving keep proving me wrong, man. Please, please keep doing it, please. Now, Jamal, my first question for you here is: since week one, when we saw pretty much, we came in here pretty much on the dark end as a Cowboys fan. We was we was. We was already calling in the quits on the season now. Mm-hmm. I can't even lie. Ten, that Tampa Bay game was terrible. Yeah, I, I was ready to tank for Bryce. I was ready to tank. I wasn't. I ain't going to say tank for Bryce because I still think Dak is our quarterback. But I was ready to tank for somebody. Somebody. Uh, B. John yeah, Robinson yeah. or somebody. Give us a running back at this point now to be behind Tony Pollard. For real. I'm with you on that. But, Jamar, my first question for you here is, what has changed in the last what four weeks now since week mm-hmm. one? What has changed as as in your perspective as a Cowboys fan? Man, so the most obvious thing I would say is that they they relying on the run game more. Like when when Dak is in the game, it's just Dak, you gonna win the game. We we're gonna rely on you to pass the ball 40, 50 times and, and try to go get us one. But mm-hmm. When that come back, they need to have this same game plan that they got for Cooper Rush. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and then play action pass. It seemed like a simple formula when you got the defense playing this good, right? So, so, that, yeah. so that's the main thing. That's the main thing I see. What about you? I would say, like you just said, the 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 play we've been we've been calling for Kellen Moorehead for him to do better with this play calling for we weeks. Have. Even yeah. well, stemming from last year, we've been calling for it from from last year. Yeah, but now here, now I mean, you don't even have we don't we don't need you to put up forty points. We don't need that. It's nice no. to do it, but we don't need that. Right. We, we just need you to outscore what the other opponent gonna score, because ain't nobody scored twenty points on this Cowboys defense yet. That's crazy. Let me repeat that for y'all again because I think y'all forgot. Because we, me and Jamal, were just discussing this before Brandon got on. Not a single team, an NFL team, has scored forty points. I mean, twenty points. Excuse me, twenty twenty points on the Cowboys defense yet. Not the Buccaneers, not the Giants, not the Washington Commanders. Not not a single team. Not even the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals. Has Man. scored twenty points 
on the Dallas Cowboys defense. And I don't, I don't think people realize how insane that is in today's NFL. An offensive-driven league is geared towards offensive players. Like it's literally an offensive league. And to not give up 100, uh, to not give up 20 points or 160 yards passing the game, like that's that's crazy, though. That is that is literally insane. So now, Jamal, we got week five here. Now we got the we're going into so far, which I I like to call second home stadium. Because oh, yeah. when we go to LA, the uh, the Cowboys fans gonna come out in LA. It's we gonna have we gonna have at least have that stadium rocking with Cowboys fans in there. So that's that's the second home for sure, for sure. Because that's what we had training camp. Exactly. So the story here this week, as I said last week. The Washington Commanders have had a terrible offensive line last week, and they gave up the most sacks in the mm-hmm. NFL. But mm-hmm. another week here, we got another terrible offensive line. We do. The Rams' offensive line is horrible. Man, I, I know Micah and Tank and them, boy, they, they licking their chops right now, man. I can't wait. Boy, they, they got to be licking some chops, some pork chops, some brisket chops, whatever you want, whatever meat they licking them chops for. Because right. the way the Rams been playing, they look bad, Jamal. They look terrible. They, they really do. Like I, I feel like they had too, too hot. We expect too much from them. Mm-hmm. Cause and I and it's clear they clearly missed OBJ and Von Miller. Those were two huge losses. Right. Yeah, and I mean, I, I would love to have Von Miller, but he ain't really – I ain't really heard his name get called this whole year. Like, he ain't really did much for $120 million that Buffalo's paying him. I'm just going to tell you right now. Hey, he's making an impact for sure, though. He, he doing he, – I mean, it's Von Miller. He going to do something, but $120 million worth? I don't know. But yeah. I don't I don't even know if I can say they missing OBJ right now because literally that whole offense is nothing but Cooper Rush right now. I mean, not Cooper Rush, excuse me. Cooper Cup. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. That whole offense is nothing but Cooper. I mean, you got Allen, you got Allen Robinson, who is proven to be a number one receiver. If he was if he was on any other team other than the Rams right now, he's somebody's number one receiver right this instant. Yeah, like I don't I don't get that. Why 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 isn't he being featured in the offense? I don't get that. I don't so not, I don't either. They're not going to him at all. Like he's non-existent. Like they may have went to him maybe, I think. One week, I think it was week two. They made a win. They might have went to him, but outside of that, they've just like completely forgot that Allen Robinson is a receiver on the team. So I don't even. I don't even know if I can say that they would even miss a Von Miller or a Odell Beckham Jr. right now because it's like they don't. They're not even utilizing what they got now. Yeah, and should, should we start talking about Sean McVay? Should some of the blame go to him? I, I mean. He, I don't know yet, cause he, I mean, he is a super. He's been to the Super Bowl twice, one yes. one. So I don't know. If we could just start calling for his head right now, but yeah, I'm, I'm not definitely not calling for his head. But mm-hmm. for these these past couple weeks, it like, come on, Sean, you got to step up. But not not next week. You don't got to step up next week. But he he ain't been calling the best games from what I've yeah. seen. I mean. If we could call for somebody's head, I mean, I know quarterbacks get the most flack, 
They got they just quarterbacks got to take what they get what whatever comes with being a quarterback, you got to take that. If the team fails, you got to take that. Right. But Matthew Stafford, he got to take everything and and more. He he's looking pretty much mediocre. Like this ain't even the same Matthew Stafford that I mean could get the job done right now. Man, is he is he hurt? Like what's going on? I have no idea. Like he Jamal, the crazy thing is he's not playing, he's not even playing. He's not even outplaying who he replaced in Jerry Goff. He's not even outplaying Jerry Goff. He's not. Then on uh, top of that, he's not even outplaying our backup like that. He only had he has less than 300 more yards than Cooper Rush. And Cooper Rush has the same amount of touchdowns as he has with no interceptions. <laughs> so, so, so you telling me it's pretty much an even quarterback matchup Sunday. I, that's what it's feeling like to me. I mean, Matthew Stafford, I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't know if this was coming as if this happened in Detroit as well because who was watching the Lions? Let's be honest. But nobody since being in LA because I personally know because I had him on my fantasy team last year. He he is really 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 reckless when it comes to throwing the football. Yeah, he he put it up. Trey Diggs gonna get one Sunday. I mean, he throws the ball double coverage. Sometimes triple coverage, or he don't, he can't hit a receiver in the right spots, and it it can get intercepted. And speaking of last week, I mean, they just had a terrible game, terrible game against the 49ers. Terrible. And now but you got to play. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I, I was just saying that today defense. I would say the 49ers have the best defense in the NFL, probably. But with us and the 49ers neck and neck, so. Today defense that that was a kind of a that was a rough game for them. Hey, I mean, yeah, hey, 49ers probably do got the best defense, but now you got to go against another good defense. So Matthew Stafford got to step up at some point. And looking yeah. at their overall stats in the box score, Matthew Stafford had zero touchdowns and one interception that game against the 49ers. Then on top of that, on top of you playing a terrible game. You got sacked seven times seven. and lost 54 yards in them seven sacks. Oof. The Cowboys finna have a field. The Cowboys even finna have a field day. I'm just gonna tell y'all right I, now. I, I, I'm just thinking about it. Like, I can't wait. And then we got then we got the our Swiss Army knife on defense, our leader, our captain, the man with the green dot on the helmet, J Ron Chris coming back. It, I mean, it's gonna get even scarier for the league. That's what's crazy, Joe. I mean, we got we got our dogs back, Jamal. I'm I'm so happy we got our dogs back because, as you just mentioned, we getting J. Ron Curtis back, who had an incredible year last year. Incredible, on a on a on a on a on a one year eight million dollars had an incredible year. Uh, he yeah, coming back. Then, on top of that, last week when we playing the Commanders, Jamal, you know who got the touchdown. Who was that? That big 13, Indeed. that yes, big sir. Michael Gallup back, our, our dog back. Hey, I was just thinking, like, he still got it, man. No drop-off. We still got it. So, we got some dogs coming back. So, Jamal, we going we gonna, to – when we come back next week, you know, the Cowboys might be on a four-game win streak and whatnot. Hey. Mm-hmm. Sorry if you sorry if you don't like us. Sorry if you if you do like if you do like us, hey, can't do nothing with us. 
<laughs> we got some business to take care of at the end here now because we got a little updates with the show. Now, as I had just mentioned in the beginning of the segment, and this is going to take up our last few minutes here, we do have a podcast version of this show. So whenever you listen to this, if you miss it on the weekend or you miss it, you miss any other previous two episodes you can go back and listen to those episodes on spotify apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from so we want to make sure you guys know that information and you guys go out there and listen to the podcast and make sure to listen to it live as well so if you miss it you can still tune in on the podcast whenever you uh get a chance to mm-hmm. and the second thing jamal i got for us said told i don't know if said told you this but he told me this the Ace and Trey Club might be on the move. Yes, sir. Let's go. We might we we might pop up where you at in your city. We might pop up. I'm real, we baby. are working on some field passes to get into some of these. We might show up at a high school game. We might show up at a college game. We might show up at a, at a professional game. So be on the lookout for the Ace and Trey Club. Yes, sir. Hey, we going. We're going places, man. Yes, sir. But we ran out of time here. That was our – this is the Ace and Trade Club on the BGC Sports Network. Make sure to tune in next week. We'll be back next week. Yes, sir.